Welcome back to the program. We have a big, big, big event coming up tonight. Please come out and join us. Please come out and join us. We are going to be live. We are going to be at uh, Albanese's uh, on Albanese's Roadhouse. Italian restaurant, Dominic's Sports Bar, all in one building. And we're going to be right there on Blue Mountain Road, right next to a Menards. And that is coming up later today, 5 to 7 o'clock today. We are going to be there, and we are going to be pouring beers and pouring drinks and making drinks and such. And uh, we're going to be there doing it for special spaces. So please come out and join us. Myself, Gina Della from Pella, and uh, we will put up a, a notification for those of you that follow us on the Bud Light live stream that it'll be live streamed tonight as well for at least the first half hour or so. But uh, we're going we're gonna to do this tonight, hopefully raise some money. So if you're looking for a beverage, and yes, uh, I'm getting questions. People say, do they serve fish fry because it's an Italian restaurant? Yeah, they got really good fish fry. So come on out and join us tonight. Five to seven, we're going to be there serving up drinks. All the tips go to Special Spaces. Special Spaces is a non-for-profit charity that, um, that, that builds these custom-themed bedrooms for kids with cancer. So we're going to be there tonight. We'll be there tonight from uh, 5 to 7, having a great time, raising some money. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the donations are going to be matched by CIBM Bank. CIBM Bank, they're a local, they got branches in, uh, in Brookfield and in Elm Grove, but they're a bank that does business all over the state of Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana. And they stepped forward and said, hey, we'd love to help. So they're going to come out and help tonight. And they're going to match donations. And if you're looking to be, you know, whether it's a, a residential, if you're looking for just personal banking in the area, or maybe you're uh, a business owner, small business owner, commercial real estate, they deal in all of that stuff. Really good bank, and they're growing and getting larger and larger and larger in the market. So if you're looking for a good bank, go to CIBMBank.com, CIBMBank.com. And then uh, our buddy Joey from Albanese, he's going to match donations as well. Our buddy Sean from uh, Epoxy Flooring Done Right has said, hey, look, uh, I'll put up a two-car garage do the, do for, for, the, for nothing, just, you know, for a donation. So we're going to do that coming up tonight. So a lot of good stuff tonight, 5 to 7, Albanese's Roadhouse. We will see you there. Joining us over on the hotline now, our good buddy Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. As uh, the Packers are weaning out receivers day by day. Eric, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. Are you going to actually be serving drinks? I will be. I'll be behind the. See, I used to own bars, so getting behind a bar is not a big deal for me. I, I love it. And the fact that you can walk around, talk to people, say hello, shake a few hands, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So, yes, I'll be behind the bar tonight. Oh, I, lo- I love slinging drinks, especially when, you're, when you get in there and you get a, people that have been there for, you know, they're on their second or third drink, and as soon as they're halfway fill, fill them up again yep. without even asking yep. them. Oh, life is fun. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that. It's going to be a good time tonight. Looking so, forward to it, yeah. So give me your thoughts on the on the exodus of wide receivers. Devontae leaving, MVS leaving. You got because I you know, people are trying to pin all of this on Aaron Rodgers. It's like look, uh, MVS and Equinemia St. Brown are not overly crying about the loss of Devontae Hurts, but he did not want to remain here, so it was unlikely that he was going to stay. It's it's kind of a ripple byproduct effect of what went on with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, I understand that, but I, I still think there's a way to kind of get around all of this, and you're you're keeping most of your team intact, and you've bolstered your defense. But, right. I mean, I I was shocked. Um, I mean, they obviously they knew that they were moving on from Devontae Adams before they tagged him, and it, it, they, or that there was going to be a departure. 
I, I don't think it, they push the issue. Um, but by having Campbell back, that shores up the defense. Um, they picked up that uh, that other defensive tackle. He's a big man that can that gets after the uh, the running game pretty good and has a little mm-hmm. bit of wiggle and gets after the quarterback. I mean, I I really like what they got on defense. Um, I think the 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 issue is is all you know everybody's got their hands up in the air and says, well, you know they they lost all the receivers. You know what? When the Packers were down with receivers, they were almost a better offense than when when Devontae was there. And I know that you know people want to throw sticks at me and, and stones at me about that, but the reality is when Devontae wasn't in the lineup, they were seven at home. And that's you know, and, and I think some of that is the quarterback's got to spread it around because his guy isn't there. He's got to play within the system and. The system is set up for to for to be free runners, and there are. And um, I think it's going to be a great challenge. Uh, I don't think they're done. I think they have some firepower to be able if they want to go after a DK Metcalf or someone like that. And I won't be surprised if if uh, there's a a retread that gets picked up just for some stability. And the draft is loaded with wide receivers. And, and the one thing with the, with rookie wide receivers is it takes them a year or two to develop. You know, mm-hmm. even Devontae Adams, if you remember his second year, was a disaster. Um, but, you know, he got better, and it just takes time, and I think they're going to be okay. Um, you run the ball. Right? And, I, you know, everybody's got wide receiver and offensive line in the first with, with some of their draft picks at the top. I wouldn't be surprised in the early second round or, or they trade down one of their picks to pick up a running back. I, I think what the NFL has proven is that you really diff- even if you have two running backs, it's really difficult to keep both of them healthy throughout the year. So you got to have a pretty good stable back there of backs. Um, and I, I think I, re- you know, I know that uh, Lafleur is a, uh, you know, him and Shanahan go back a long ways, and you know, I really like that that San Francisco offense where they just pound the ball and then what 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 makes the Packers more deadly is they got Aaron Rodgers that throw the play action pass and that's where you know that's 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 me that's my style of football is, is pound the ball be good on defense and then hit big strikes uh, and with the quarterback that they have they can do that so I, I don't I don't think there's anything to be worried about yes the names aren't there. There'll be guys that will develop. I mean, let's, let's, everybody forgets you got that Winfrey kid who was was pretty good. Um, had a little problem hanging on to the ball a little bit, but I think there's a lot to be said. He's a, he's a big long receiver. Um, his routes have to definitely get cleaned up. But he's a first year guy, didn't get a lot of playing time. So, but they'll clean some of that up. But there'll be guys that are going to emerge. You know, you could say you know Lazard is more of a tight end than he is a, a receiver, but he can handle the middle of the field if that Winfrey kid. Um, kind of kind of grows up a little bit, and um, they get a decent draft pick, and they're going to bring in a retread uh, veteran. So I don't think there's anything really to be super scared about. When uh, you talk about getting a retread veteran, I agree. They need a veteran in there. They need somebody else that can run a crisp route, that has some speed, can get downfield, and, and all of that. Um, do you think it's via trade, or do you think after June 1st when they start cutting guys that somebody else falls into the system? Well, there's, you know, there's Landry and there's guys that are out there unsigned right now that uh, you put them in this type of system and say, listen, we're not going to expect you to, you know, we need you to catch four or five balls a game. Tops. That's it. You know, so you're not asking them because when you get one of these older veterans, what's the, what's the issue is injuries, right? Can you get eight games out of them? So, you know, I, I think they're smart with, 
the, the Packers are very smart with what they do with their with their veterans and, and how they work them. So yeah, I think you know one of those guys that's on the board yet will probably get they might pick up and um, who knows maybe they got if they really are licking their chops, you know DK Metcalf would look pretty good and a yellow helmet streaking down the sideline and that's kind of you know and Rodgers likes that deep ball. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see, you know, that, that if they, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that. But I think honestly, the the draft is there's quite a few guys, and the rookies that do go, do good are guys that just run. You know, they, you're not asking them to do a bunch; just just run a deep post or, or run a nine down the field. You know, as you get more experienced, you'll figure out how to route, run routes better. But you know, just run. And um, I think there's enough of those guys in the draft where they can they, they'll be okay. What else do you feel, because uh, I've said, look, if you're going to go into the draft, obviously you're going to get a wide receiver, maybe two, who knows. But I still think uh, an edge rusher, I think defensive lineman, I think offensive depth uh, you need because you know there's no guarantee you're going to get Elton Jenkins back anytime soon. And you don't know what David Bakhtiari is going to bring until he's actually out on the field, so I'm waiting for that. So you need some offensive line depth. You can never get uh, enough secondary help, so I, I'm all for that. But that's low down my list. Is that kind of the the list of priorities that you feel the Green Bay Packers need? I I think they got to pick a, a running back higher up, and you know, and everybody's you know, again, why, well, oh, they got AJ Dillon and and Jones. Neither one of those guys made it through the whole season, and neither one of them guys are going to make it through the whole season next year. So you gotta um, you gotta be short up back there. You gotta have enough enough good running backs, um, and then I think offensive line. You know, I don't think wide running back is the number one need, but I think you know if I'm if I'm Brian, I'm picking wide receiver, O line, D line, running back. Maybe not in that order, but those are you know if I get the first you know first two first rounds, two seconds, I'm probably taking one of the each of those those uh, 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 groups. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, I think linebacker, they're going to have to do something there. And, uh, you know, like you said, secondary help is always, always a must because you're going to get guys that are going to get dinged up. Now, they've been really fortunate that, uh, you know, Amos hasn't been out. I mean, there's a vet that's, you know, it's getting a little long in the tooth and he hasn't had any injuries. Are you going to be able to, um, you know, find lightning in the bottle in case he goes down? So, yeah, secondary help is always uh, really important. And if there's a guy there, that you think is going to be um, going to be could possibly be a really a good player, and you got to put them on the bench for a little bit. I think you take them. You know, it doesn't matter what position they're at. If they if there's a guy they covet, um, I, I would make sure that you get a secondary guy for sure. And, and edge rusher always. I mean, every draft you got to draft an edge rush, rusher, cornerback, and a safety, and then you start looking at needs. But uh, yeah, D line is always important because you know the. Are they going to continue on with Laurie, or if they're going to draft one and get rid of Laurie in, in June? Um, you know, there's uh, they have options there. You know, the signing of uh, uh, that other young guy there—that's that's uh, that's a good that's a good opportunity for them to move around and take a look at their depth a little bit. The, speaking of depth, and this is the one thing that nobody talks about, but it's all in the back of our minds, and we all know it. This team needs depth. How much of an impact, though, with the current staff that they have of of, of players? How much of an impact does Bisaccia bring to the table with their new special teams coordinator? Oh, that's a really good point. I think that brings a lot of uh, uh, just credibility to the table. I mean, he's been doing it for an awful long time. I don't know him. I've never talked to him. But uh, for what I've seen, he seems like a, just one of those coaches that just demands the best out of you and gets it out of you. 
Um, and I think that's that's been a hole uh, in their staff for a while now. I think their staff is really good. I think the biggest loss that they had all season isn't Devontae Adams. It's that, it's that offensive line coach, um, Stenovich there. I, I I mean, it didn't matter who they brought in. He got them to play. And I think that's hopefully his understudy there uh, did a nice job and is, is, is ready for the task. But, you know, the biggest loss in the offseason is certainly not, I, you know, in my opinion, is not Devontae Adams at that old line coach. Which I would agree with. Um, the fact that, you know, that whole group was so good together and it was basically interchangeable bits. One guy goes down, next guy comes up. It didn't matter where they put him. The only time they had an issue was when they brought guys back and kind of forced them back into their roles for the playoff game. And uh, and then it looked like a sieve. It just it just didn't work with, with guys coming back, with Billy Turner coming back and such. But I agree with you. I, I hope that uh, they're able to kind of overcome some of the special teams issues just via technique and philosophy from the difference uh, of, of what Passaccia is going to bring to the table. How long do you think – well, let me ask you this. Let me, this will be my last one. With the offense, because everybody says, well, now Aaron Rodgers is going to run it the way it's supposed to be run, okay? And to a certain extent, I agree with that. But I think with the loss of Devontae and the loss of Equinemius and MBS, I think now this becomes more of – it's incumbent upon Rodgers and, and Matt LaFleur to be on the same page and to run the offense because you're going to need a lot of motion, misdirection, play action, RPO, stuff like that to where you – because you're not going to just have Devontae to throw to as a safety net anymore, right? Correct. And I think so, also that if, if, if I – I think Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. I mean, we I, I, maybe to his detriment he's a smart guy, but I think he's – He's wise and understands if he wants to play effectively, he's got to be able to be okay handing the ball off. As you get, I mean, you know this. As you get a little bit older, every once in a while, I think I can run up and down the basketball court, and I get twice up and down the court, and I need a, an ice bath. You know, so these, <laughs> so he needs to be able to hand the ball off and be okay with it to understand that that's going to be that's what's going to make his career. Uh, he's going to add years to his career by doing that. And I think last year you saw a, a little bit of that. Um, but I think you're 100% right. Just run the offense, and the big plays will happen if you can run the ball and if you can hit the short stuff, and then all of a sudden you squeak one down the sideline, and that's when you that's when you get by there. And one of the things that Devontae Adams, I mean, he was really good at running routes. He, he got open not because he was a blazer or anything like that. He got open because he ran really solid routes. They haven't had a blazer, you know, an MVS, you had him, but he was on the shelf for a, a big chunk of last year, and they missed that. And they need to have someone that can rip the top off. And, you know, like a guy like Metcalf will be able to do that or someone, you know, some of those speedsters in the draft, you know, just to be able to get them get depth on those safeties. Um, you know, they lucked out because they had, teams had to play safeties down or had to fold a safety over over Devontae Adams just because he ran such uh, amazing routes. And, and it is a, the, the routes were amazing, but I, the best part about him is he never – if you go back and watch, he puts his hands up at the last second. You know, you, and even if you really watch him closely, sometimes he turns it – when the ball's in the air, he turns his head away just slightly and then snaps it back and grabs the ball. I mean, those are the things that, you know, those are all the keys that defensive backs are looking at. They're looking at, you know, when you're running, you look at the guy's eyes, you watch his hands, when his hands go up, you turn up and get it. Well, he didn't give defenders a chance to turn around and get the ball because he put his hands up at the last second. They, you know, the, the, when they were sitting in zone, 
um, it was really difficult because he'd shake you off. So there was right. a lot of things about Devontae Adams that were really good, but but I think you can have a more athletic receiver um, and get still have some of the same results, but not the same, of course. But you'll have you know good enough production. Yeah, no doubt about it. Eric, always a pleasure, my friend. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll talk again soon, okay? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Thanks a lot yep. for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. You can uh, read his stuff there, always breaking down the pack and such, and uh, a lot of film. But, uh, yeah, he's he's right. When you talk about uh, Devontae Adams and his ability to catch the football, it was – there, there's an art to know that that comes. I, I go back to the experience factor and getting on the same page with Aaron Rodgers, because if you know where the ball is going to be and you know how right and you've talked with Rodgers, you've sat down and discussed things with him and you've gotten to know him and he's trusting you, then he trusts you because he knows he can throw it. You may not look till the very last second as that thing all of a sudden, you know, is right there. You can feel it, sense it. And you turn around and boom, there you go. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free to do so. Stay tuned. we got more, a lot more, the Bill Michael Show on this Good Friday. Stay tuned. More after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Some thoughts about uh, what you're looking for in a wide receiver when uh, the Packers eventually, and they will, eventually get one. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to get into today. Um, first of all, um, we uh, I, I posted this yesterday. Interesting article. I don't know if you read it. From Adam McAlvey. And Adam McAlvey, uh, Tim Dillard and company, they now have uh, kind of a Brewers All Access podcast now, which is really, really cool. I'm looking forward to hearing that. But Mark Antanasio, he did a, an article with, with Mark, a sit-down with Mark. And the Brewers principal owner said that, you know, obviously he's excited about the season and such. But um, he... He talks about the lockout and how great it was that it's over. I think Mark is this, and, and and some may disagree. I think Mark is a very enthusiastic owner. Uh, I think that he has been good for the Milwaukee Brewers. I think we can all agree upon that. I think at times he has, for the most part, put his money where his mouth is. If there was a player or two that this team needed to kind of put him over the top, he's been willing to say, go ahead and do it. If you think it's gonna, he's going to get us there, go do it. Uh, he's hired good people, and that's probably one of the reasons he's a pretty good businessman because you put good people around you. Not Any good businessman or manager will tell you that it's not about you. It's about who you hire, and it's about the people around you. And if you have good people around you, you will succeed. Um, good people breed good people breed good people. It's it's There's a level of success there. And I think he's done really well with the general managers he's had, the choices they've made, the ability to cut bait from bad choices. So I, I think that all goes into it. Um, but it, it's a really interesting read. And it's, it's, it's his first public comments, um, you know, since, you know, the beginning of this year when – he was talking about a little bit about the lockout, but he just said it was great when it was over. 
uh, just wanted to keep talking. And he said, uh, you know, obviously got to go to work, but um, really busy off season for this team. The, the minute, the minute the lockout ended, they started working on deals. Apparently they had three guys in mind and McCutcheon was one of them. They got McCutcheon. The other two guys, they did not. They signed McCutcheon to that eight and a half million dollar uh, contract committing just shy of 50 million in the week with guys in arbitration eligible stars and all that kind of stuff, including Josh Hader, Brandon Woodruff, Corbett Burns. Um, they're going to open up the season with their largest payroll in history, about $120 million. The one thing that I found was interesting is that Mark Antanasio said, and that's, in the grand scheme of things, that's good for the Brewers. Now, does it compare to what the Dodgers can do up to $300 million? No, of course not. But for the small market team, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good, pretty good you know, kind of run. And Antanasio also stated, and this is what I liked, he said that includes additional room to add another player in season if circumstances are warranted. In other words, if we need to make a trade and it's going to take on a lot of salary, we'll do it. We'll do it. Now, when I posted this, I found it interesting because it is um, it is uh, I, I couldn't believe the the pro the, the people that were angry with this, okay? Um, Alex says, uh, the Ogle Arch uh, who tripled his wealth since buying the team in 2004 is on the cusp of asking for $100 million in stadium upgrades. He's fleecing the Kool-Aid drinkers uh, of this franchise left and right. Alex, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Fleece two. Fleece two. Do you, can any of you that are Brewers fans imagine what this state would be without that team? And as far as fleecing, Mark Antanasio has also put millions of his own money into the stadium. Now, do I like public funding? No. But it's not going to be a tax. It's not going to be a five-county tax or anything like that. That's not what they're asking for. And we had Rick Schlesinger on to discuss that. If you'd listen, that's not what they're doing. It's basically if they cannot, if the stadium district and the brewers have need more funds that are in the fund. There was a fund set up when they originally built then Miller Park, now American Family Field. There was a fund set up for a certain amount of money to be allocated for additional renovations to the ballpark. There's only so much money in that account. If they have additional funds needed, the brewers will put some in and they're asking for additional funds to be put in. But that's it. It's not like some five county taxes coming back which is what you're making it out to be. And Alex, either ignorance or obstinance is keeping you from seeing the light. And oh, by the way, can you imagine what you wouldn't have? Just in sales tax and employment tax alone in the state if you didn't have Brewers baseball. Ignacio believes this is the best team they've had. Because they've got a deep plethora of pitching. Now, this is banking on the fact that you get a good Christian Yelich back, that you get a good Lorenzo Cain back. McCutcheon gives you something good. Keston Hira comes back and gives you something good. On paper, it's a good team. 
You know, everything's great on paper. It has to, it has to perform. Urias is a solid third baseman. Prove that in the postseason. Prove that. You obviously have up the middle defensively wrapped up. You're good there. This is a good team. Is it their best? Eh, might be, you know, might be debatable. They, you know, go back to when you had, you know, the NLCS team and Braun and company were really, really good and their offense was solid, but their pitching was, you know, two, three starters deep tops and that was it. You've got a team now that if, as project, as the back of their baseball card states, if they hit to the back of the baseball card, nothing crazy, nothing over the top, hit to the back of the baseball card, and your pitching gives you what they gave you last year, or God forbid gets better, this is the best team. I would agree with that. Uh, Todd, how about uh, you figure out a decent way so I can see the games? Uh, what do you mean? Like with the Bally sports thing, that's, that's more Bally's than it is in an agreement with the Brewers and baseball than it is just the Brewers. I, I get it. I feel I, there's many people around the state that can't see Brewers games anymore because of the, you know, the, the, the way the streaming services and such have been eliminated from carrying local games. I 100% agree. I wish there was a better solution to this. It's all about the money. But it really does, in in my thought, impede their reach. When they got away from Fox, Fox Sports, and they went to Bally's, and Bally's got bought out and then came to the local agreements as to not lose commercial advertising and devalue their commercial advertisers for them not to see, for other areas not to see Brewers baseball. I, it, it really, it's, it, that is a very sticky situation. I completely empathize with anybody who can't see can't see the games when you really want to be a fan. Let me ask you this. If you are in, um, for those outside of the area, Cubs fans, Twins fans, if you're outside of the area and you run into the same situation in, in the area in which you live, because I know, like, the Cubs started their own network. I don't know. I think it's Bally's who does the Twins. I'm not positive. I know Bally's took over in Cincinnati. I think Bally's took over in Pittsburgh. I don't know what who the Cardinals are with. I don't know if that's Bally's or not, if that was Fox. Because Fox had a big, big, big contract with many of the Major League Baseball teams. But I don't know if it's the same all over or if this is just something – regionally here in the state of Wisconsin. But uh, but but also Major League Baseball has an issue too by just not allowing, you know, streaming. If you buy the Major League Baseball app and you can't even watch your own team, I mean, that's just, that's stupid garbage too. So you can watch everything else, but you cannot watch your own team. I, that I don't understand. Just another way to eliminate a fan base. They figure out more. Sometimes by trying to scrape for every penny, you lose a dollar, and they don't understand that. And that's part of the problem with baseball. That I completely agree with. Um, Randy says, people love to complain, but overall, Atanasio has done an excellent job. He has spent enough 
to keep the team competitive. They were perennial losers and always had the smallest payroll in Major League Baseball until he came on the scene, until there is a salary cap. That's really all we can hope for in a small market like Milwaukee. It's not even just Milwaukee. It's just it's the smallest media market for the availability of dollars within the media market. That's kind of what that is. So uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, come back. If you got a comment on it, great. If not, we can always move on. But I just thought it was a very interesting story. If you want to see the link to it, you can go find it over on the Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show, and you can check it out there. Stay tuned. More of The Bill Michael Show next. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. you back love you know what the best part about this program is is that uh there is always an expression of ideas as long as you keep it above board you know but i tell you what sometimes people just it's like if you disagree with something just it's the name calling man and what you don't understand is you go that route usually i just block you and you're never back because i don't it's not like i go through all the lists of things and say unblock unblock it's like once you get into that it gone uh, but uh, I love just kind of sharing ideas. I've always said this this program should be, you know, adults in a bar talking talking sports. That's the way it should be. It should always be fun. It should always have meaning. It should be passionate. It should be angering. It should piss you off at times. And then other times you should be like, right on. There you go. So that's the way it is. So I love uh, chatting with people uh, during the break. I really do. Uh, speaking, speaking of uh, having a good time. If you are looking for a place to go, uh, whether it's today for a fish fry or if you're looking for uh, just a good time, good music on the weekends and such, always a good band, whether it's Stoley's Hog Alley. And I got to say it's in Summit because every time I go in there, there's uh, some of the people that work for the uh, the town of Summit. Like, unit, it's not an Oconomowoc, it's in Summit. So I always make sure to say it because I, I never want to slight an area. Never want to do that. Uh, so, which it's in Oconomowoc, but it's in the uh, little uh, area of Summit. Uh, so Stoley's Hog Alley, which he's got a tremendous addition that's going to begin construction. And by the time they get to September, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful, the renovation over there. Uh, or go up to Stoles All 109 in Watertown, another fantastic location. They continue to make it better and better and better. Good music on the weekends, really good food, TVs to watch all the games. If you're going to go up and watch the rest of March Madness or Bucks games or Brewers games, whatever it happens to be. And when they roll those doors open in the summertime, it just, it just changes the atmosphere. It's such a spectacular place. But I tell, I told you yesterday, we work with so many good people and, uh, and Jeff and his wife, Alicia, they're just fantastic freaking people. That's what, that's the best part about doing this job is when you get a chance and people like that believe in you and have a have a good relationship, fantastic. So if you're going to go anyplace, check out Stoley's Hog Alley. It's right there in, in Summit in Oconomowoc, right off of 94. You can see it. Or go up to Watertown, check out Stoles All 109. Just good people, good, good stuff up there. Both places, they're fantastic. So check them both out. Tell them we said hi to. Just saw them the other day, and and hopefully they're doing well. Um, So... I, uh, I'm sitting here during the break and, and reading a lot of the comments. Um, here's the question. And this is one of these, um, I don't know how to put it. This is one of these, I hate this topic, 
But when you look at the reality of what it is, you can ask it because it's an opinion-based topic. There's no right or wrong here until it actually happens. So during the break, I start reading the, the, um, you know, the Bud Light live stream and I'm reading tweets and one of them, Andrew, uh, talks about, you know, uh, the Dodgers manager predicting a World Series win, but Milwaukee's going to be the champs and on and on. And then the next question is uh, from David, does the, does the Brewers, do they get a World Series or do they get to a World Series before the Packers get to a Super Bowl? And I, 99% of the time, I'm like, oh, the Packers will get to a Super Bowl. Because you got Aaron Rodgers, and he can dictate more than anything. But I, I got to admit, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's, I don't. And again, I don't normally do these types of of questions because I think it's, I don't mean to be rude, but I think it's kind of hokey. You know, it's kind of like who's on your Mount Rushmore? It's like who who the hell cares? It's all subjection. But. That, I'd have to think about it pound for pound and then look at the competition. Because I, I my reaction wants to be the Brewers. Because I think the Brewers have done enough. I think they added that. You know, I think McCutcheon in the outfield. Now, I hope he turns out. But I think it's a brilliant move. If he's got anything left in the tank, you bring in another guy that's hungry, another guy that really has that experience. It's a former MVP. Um, I think you've got quality guys in the outfield. I think the only space that you really need to shore up at some point would be first base. Uh, if Yelich and Kane come back and give you anything in the in the realm of, of batting average and some power, you're going to be really solid. Uh, I really like what they've done at third base. Urias has really solidified himself. We know that the pitching staff with, is good. They wrapped him up. Arbitration is taken care of. Haters happy. You know, it's like everything's trending in the right direction. It's kind of like when the Packers were getting healthy at the right time, home field advantage, snow's coming, everything was setting up to be perfect, and then to hell, you know, because it was just too perfect. I feel like right now the only flaw for the Brewers is probably first base. But then I go, okay, but it takes so many guys to be good consistently in baseball where you just need a good season from Rodgers, a matriculation of offensive firepower to come to the, come to the forefront and the defense has gotten better. And the X factor in all of this, I think you look at the competition. There's not much in the NFC North and you look, maybe you go, Matthew Stafford and the Rams, they're solid, the defending champs. Maybe Dak Prescott and company, although with all the talk about Mike McCarthy being this lame duck head coach and on and on and on about all the problems down there, I don't know if that last season might have been their shot. I don't know if that's going to happen. It seems like everybody's pretty much pushing Mike McCarthy out the door, like there's going to be some kind of a, a, a palace coup going on down there. And then, you know, obviously Brady, but after that, who, you know, who? So the competition in the NFC for the Packers to get to 
a Super Bowl. And that's not even including San Francisco or Arizona. But it seems like it's a little bit less than what the Brewers would have to go through. because, And again, the Brewers will have to go through the likes of, say, because the Giants were, were solid last year. If they get better or stay the same, that's they're going to be tough. Obviously, the Dodgers are tough, right? So you look at that. Now you look over in the uh, in, in the East. Who, who's going to who's going to prevail in the East? You know, you going back with Atlanta, Philadelphia. They feel has gotten better. Do the Mets get any better? Even though the Mets ended up eleven and a half games back, they only won seventy seven games. But do they start to steal a few wins? Or is it just Atlanta and Philadelphia? And without Freddie Freeman, kind of the heart and soul, even though they feel that they've upgraded, by losing Freddie, how much is that going to impact that team? You know? You still have, I think, St. Louis to contend with in the Central, but beyond that, that's it. Cincinnati's in a free fall. The Cubs pretty much stink. And the Pirates, I don't even think they're a Major League Baseball team anymore. The Padres, we know they're without Fernando Tatis Jr. for at least three months because of the broken wrist. So it's really San Francisco and the Dodgers, at least out of the chute. Arizona's nowhere to be found. Arizona's worst team in baseball, by far. I think they're worse than Baltimore, and they won basically the same games last year. So, you know, I I think I think it might be, if I want to answer the question honestly, it might be the Brewers. It might be the Brewers this time. 877-867-1670. You can hit us up, 877-867-1670. Um, Mr. Packer guy says, too early to tell how the Brewers will be. I was at the first spring training opener in Glendale. Uh, Brewers against the Dodgers. Dodgers played Kershaw, Bellinger, Wilson. Only the Brewers uh, of note that we saw was Adamas and Yelich, and only for a couple of innings ended in a 3-3 tie. Yeah, I wish we were able to tell how the season was going to turn out by the first spring training game. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Oh, we aren't? Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish you could be able to tell that. I Look, I've always said it doesn't matter what you do in spring training. I've seen teams play extremely well and get a ton of wins in spring training and then just take an ass beating throughout the regular season. And mainly it's because it depends on what you're working on as a team, what your philosophy is. Most managers, you want to win, but that's that's not what spring training is. You have a set plan of how to run spring training. If you win along the way, that's a byproduct. Otherwise, spring training is merely to get your work in. That's it. That's it. Nothing more. Nothing more. Uh, Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up. A lot more coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good Friday. Fish Fry Friday. Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. A reminder again coming up today. Cannot wait for this coming up tonight. Five to seven tonight, we're going to be at Albanese's Roadhouse, Blue Mound Road in Waukesha, right next to Menards, right across the street from the Home Depot. And tonight, we get behind the bar myself, Gina Della from Pella. 
going to be there as well. And we're kind of putting our money where our mouth is, so to speak. Uh, we're going to get behind the bar, roll up the sleeves, and tonight we're going to serve the beverages and all the tips and proceeds and such are going to go to a tremendous cause called Special Spaces. They build these custom-themed dream bedrooms for kids with cancer. It's kind of the least we can do, you know. Um, you'd love to do more, and, and hopefully we can, but we're just trying to help them help kids, and that's what it's all about tonight. So we're going to have a fun time. We're going to serve some drinks, get the Italian fish fry. It's going to be really good tonight. We're going to be there having a lot of fun, but that's ultimately what it's all about. So if you can find it in your heart tonight to join us 5 to 7, we're going to be at Albanese's Roadhouse on Blue Mountain Road in Waukesha. Please come out and join us. Uh, we can't do this without a lot of our without a lot of our great partners. Our buddy Sean at Epoxy Flooring Done Right, he is giving away a two car garage epoxy flooring for a big donation. Give us a big donation tonight. I think it's a value of like two thousand dollars, but we're going to take a donation on site. So whatever it is you're thinking about, he can do this. We'll get this done. Uh, and then uh, we had a terrific uh, institution step up, CIBM Bank. In Brookfield, in Elm Grove, that's where they have branches. They said, hey, look, we'll match donations. We want to be a part of this. We want to be a part of the community. And uh, so they stepped up, and they're on board with us today as well. And if you're a business owner, uh, if you're a, a land developer, if you're commercial real estate, man, they handle this all over the state of Wisconsin, Illinois, and in Indiana. And so many great people there to work with, so many great lenders. Uh, they're very personable. They're, they're, they're not huge, but they're just they're the small bank that handles big-time needs, and yet they're small enough to know your name when you walk through the door. And I love that. Love it about them. And that's where I bank. That's where my business banking is. That's where the Bill Michaels Incorporated has their home. So that's that's what we do. And uh, we love these partners that come on board and say, yeah, we'd love to help out. And they did it unsolicited, by the way. It wasn't like I went to them. They heard it, and they said, hey, we're in. So Joey Albanese, uh, Pella Winners and Doors, Epoxy flooring done right. Also, our friends at CIBM Bank, they want you to come out and enjoy the night tonight. We're going to have a lot of fun, hopefully raise a lot of money, and do some really good things for our friends at Special Spaces. So looking forward to that tonight. Um, the uh, Scott says MLB Network on XM already has awarded the St. Louis Cardinals to be the champs of the Central. Um, no. I don't know how you can look at the – did St. Louis get better? Am I missing something, Ben? Did St. Louis get better dramatically in some way, shape, or form that I don't know about? I think they got more healthy, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so basically they got healthy. So that's that's what it is. So if they're healthy, they're going to be a better baseball team, which I – you know what? They may be a little bit better. Tommy Edmond at, at uh, second. Paul Goldschmidt, obviously, he's extremely solid. We all know that. He's projected to hit close to 28 to 30 home runs. Tyler O'Neill out and left. Now, Tyler O'Neill's got some pop. He can give you a 40 home run season. But he, he's, he, he's more power than he is his average. Uh, Arenado, certainly solid. And that guy can hit you 30-plus home runs, no problem. Dylan Carlson, they still have Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina has been around since Moses parked the ark. I mean, that's how long he's been around. Uh, and then what do they have? DeJong over at short. Um, Harrison Bader uh, out in the center. They're a good team. They're a good team. I'm not denying that. But when you look at their pitching, Mikolas, he's always been solid. He's always been a pain in the ass of the Brewers, too. Dakota Hudson, solid. But Adam Wainwright is always the X factor. Always. He pitched 31 games last year. 
pitched 190 innings. You can guarantee he's going to be hurt this year. <laughs> it just, Wainwright is always hurt. If he stays healthy, he's solid. How old is he now? Like 40? He's got to be. Can you find out for me, Ben, how old Adam Wainwright is? He's got to be 40. Maybe I'm smoking rope. Exactly 40. 40 years? Okay. Lucky guess. But Adam Wainwright, man, he's been around forever. And he just, last year was a, a terrific year for him. But he is always hurt. If he makes it through another season at the age of 40, I will be somewhat stunned. But um, Mikolas, uh, I think it was uh, 150 innings or something like that last year. So I, I don't know. But, it, but the bottom line is, if they're healthy, they're a good team. A lot of veterans. I get it. But if they're not, Goldschmidt's going on 35. Yadier Molina's got to be approaching 40. He's another one that's got to be approaching 40. I don't know they're going to be healthy throughout the season. It's like, it's like Brooklyn. When they put Brooklyn together, they said, oh, we got the powers. Well, that's great, yeah. If you got KD in his prime, James Harden in his prime, Kyrie in his prime, they're all good, but they just don't stay healthy consistently. Although Kyrie should be coming, <laughs> should be coming out of the COVID issue uh, and, the, uh, and the mandates as far as vaccination goes. He should, be, he should be good to go. His legs should be under him for sure. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.